Today's episode is brought to you by the Summer Showdown. It's high noon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to High Noon Podcast, the competitive Overwatch podcast. I am your host, The Bovins. With me, as always, is Deathblow. What's up, buddy? Not too much, my man. How are you doing? Oh, great week. We're on week, uh, I don't know, 87 of quarantine. I have no idea what. I don't know. Something like that. I mean, we're pretty much, we're in stage two of reopening now around here in Buffalo, which is is nice personally i don't think it's affected either of our situations as far as work i know my job's no. still um really keeping us at home and they've started to like talk about how they're looking into what would need to change to reopen mm-hmm. and who would want to come in and who would want to stay home and things like that but um yeah at least there's a some slightly more things to do if you do decide to get out of the house around here but yeah it's still uh it was weird yesterday actually uh cuz it was like i was at, it was technically still quarantined cuz there was still like some there's some events and or not quarantined uh, curfewed and i went out for a walk like a little bit probably later than i should but for the sake of uh law enforcement listening to this video i was definitely within the time of curfew uh but it was like eerily quiet outside and i'm like yeah. in the middle of a, not a big city but not the smallest not like a rural area at all so it it's really a legitimate big. city it's just not one of not the smaller yeah. smaller major u.s cities for sure yeah um yeah super weird i know the the quarantines have been worse in other areas than here i think mm-hmm. like la had a 1 p.m quarantine or something like yeah. that at one point i heard um so yeah we've been lucky in that regard mm-hmm. um outside the original night the you know the um protests and things haven't been too crazy no. or anything like that around here so um yeah things are a little more lenient i actually thought things were blowing up right by me not too long ago because like oh, Mercy really? Flight um landed in the apollo parking lot next door to me really uh, and it was very very loud in here when it was happening to the point where i'm going outside and um given everything going on you hear helicopters overhead yeah. and that close you don't go to oh there's a bad car accident nearby or something right. you know what i mean which is almost certainly what it what it what it was but um yeah it gave me a little bit of a worry that like you know there was a, a big a big protest march right. coming down my street and which stuff. would have been weird um, considering where you are like yeah it's not like... not a street that would get that kind of right but still where my head went uh yesterday when they were they were landed and taken off it was it was crazy but yeah but I think we're right, here well, to I talk about to Overwatch. It. I don't, I I don't remember. Say, I guess we can get back to Overwatch. That's fine, too. But yeah. Yes, uh, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping, of course. Blackwatch Report getting in with their with their they're getting they're getting into their hundreds now. I think 102 Ooh. or 103 now. So old. I know they're our 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 <laughs> child is old. So we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wait until they have their spinoff or their uh, <laughs> their uh, um their child show and then we'll have a grand we'll have a grand a podcast grandchild i don't know what i don't know what it would be about i don't know we'll come up with a clever term for it whenever whenever um whenever ty starts uh starts his show that'll be (laughs) our grandchild show (laughs) 
Uh, that'll be that'll be the day we'll be podcast grandparents. But um, yes, yeah, so make sure you're checking them out. Blackwatch Report on their own podcast feed as well as on Twitter. Blackwatch Report. Of course, huge shout outs to our executive producer, Bungie Bamboo, uh, who, of course, supported us over at Patreon.com slash High Noon Podcast as our executive producer really does help. And you can help us out there as well if you'd like to. But the best way, at least right now, to support us is, of course, leaving reviews on iTunes, but also going to Discord.me slash High Noon Podcast. It's where the community lives and where you can find everything that's going on about the show where i forgot to announce that we're live oh that's right you see <laughs> norm under normal circumstances you can you can be notified when we go live over at twitch.tv slash hiding podcast on mondays that's only if we remember to do it which eh, you know i'm uh, man i feel like we took a week off and the only reason i feel that way is because the schedule came out around an hour after we decided like well without a, a schedule right. we'll have to try to do it later in the week yeah. or something so like i would like mentally was like same okay no show today same. like kind of readjusting my plans and then it dropped and i didn't have anything set and i we were just like all right we'll do it great we always want to keep the main the main day in the main time right um but yeah it's completely thrown off i don't know if we like i felt flat in the open but i'm starting to get a little bit into the, yeah. into the mood i'm getting pumped i'm gonna be ready to complain about some stuff soon but um big block of news here since yeah we do have a big block of news and this isn't going to make any difference for the listeners but it's going to make a big difference for death blow as we uh jump into it's news because Deathblow is able to hear that job. Guys, I hear stuff. It's great. It's great. It's we, like episode 12 stuff done 200 episodes too yep. late where now I can finally hear yep. some drops. Yep. I'm I pumped. Finally did, I finally did uh, the roughly uh, four minutes of work it takes for me to set it up. Can you uh, shame battle yourself for taking so long? Shame. 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 See, don't beat yourself up too bad i just can hear it and then jump yeah. in immediately as soon as it ends you, as it's intended you it's know great. it's I love it. the 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 listeners may take this for granted but you are very good at mentally timing that and we also like have built a rapport over 212 episodes uh of like knowing when to cue each other when something's over so we're there's a trust and an understanding on my end where like okay if i say something I can get him to think I should play a drop now yeah. and then I can like kind of half see you go to reach for it. And then, yeah. And timing it out is it's yeah. tough. It's not been perfect. Yeah. Um, so but if you ever be... thought that death blow could hear the drops before <laughs> he could not. And if you're like, why is he talking while he's playing sound? Because he doesn't know because yeah. he didn't. Know. That's true. But that's the thing of the past now. Thankfully. Uh, at least for this episode, uh, and a couple of, only some of the drops too. But we're making yeah, progress. We're, make, and that's we're making a, at least a small amount of progress. But we can start with a piece of news that hits close to home for us for a couple of reasons. This is like a twofer. Uh, the first part is that Toronto has signed a new player. The Absolutely. second part is that player is none other than Numlocked, aka Milton. I we got you, I believe you stole my scrimblock. Yes, yes. I, uh, I, 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 was, I was promised that I could, I could play with tier four. If, if I, if I joined the team, I would be able to play, play with, play with tier four. And I haven't, I haven't been able to play with tier four yet. It's, it's. I was, I was told that I would be his, his scrim partner. And I, okay, hang on. <laughs> 
I'm ex- I'm very very happy for the that particular meme back. Um, <laughs> Me if too. you're not familiar with it, it was born by a sleepy drive to PAX East. I want to say. I think it was uh, the first. Yeah, it was PAX. Yeah, East. I think it was the the two of us just memeing and riffing and writing a whole Overwatch League office space skit mm-hmm. in the car. Like mm-hmm. I had a notebook out. I took notes. We were mm-hmm. casting players into yep. into roles in the show and everything. And in typical high noon fashion, nothing came of our, our yep. meme idea, yep. but uh, but some jokes on the on the show, and that was in this case at least was more than worth it. Yeah, paid off. Now Finally, we, paid we off. get it back. Like it's just <laughs> all that work paying off. Uh, really pumped. I wish I could. I, I want to. I'm going to go on a mission and try to find those notes, though, because uh, <laughs> I want to see what the rest of our cast was and who's still around to. to oh, that's hold right. We did have a lot of players cast. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember mm-hmm. even a single other one. I don't think, except maybe. Not, I think Brennan like, Sideshow might have been in it in some capacity. We, all I know is we nailed Milton, um, and he's yeah. he's the one that's still around. So that's good. Yeah, and is now back as a player and not as a coach, which was rumored um, yep. for Toronto. So Death, I yeah, know. I, Okay. A really great signing. I, I I do like this a lot. You know, you have a team like Toronto that um, seems to have more talent than they're able to show on stage, right? Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of results, and you know, I guess you do really need to factor Surefour as actually on the team when you kind of do that evaluation. But he's That's never true. on the stage, so this won't exactly fix that problem. But um, you know, we talked going into the season, Beast was a very unproven main tank prospect mm-hmm. with uh, a possibly Winston only hero pool kind of a situation, and right. we, that was the one area where we really weren't super comfortable. And not that there was a problem with Beast as a, a signing or a prospect. I kind of liked it, mm-hmm. um, but you need something safer kind of to go with him yeah. or something that complements his hero pool somebody a little more versed in the the Ryan v Ryan matchups and you yep. know the other main tank spots um numlocked is an absolute is, is as, as overwatch veteran as it gets right yeah. I, he's been since the the alienware monthly melees with hex and zp yeah. and and you know oh, yeah. zp doing the whole one-man show thing um all that stuff he's been around forever he's the 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 3g express i think right because Mm -hmm. he was been around so long that that was as good as the uh the internet quality got on your phone yep um that was 4g express i think to be honest but um yeah he's like he's been casting tournaments on on mobile data or not casting but playing in tournaments using mobile data and stuff in the past he's been around so long so great to see him um back in the league uh, definitely somebody that never got a realistic opportunity to show anything with no. his time in the league. That's nope. where our, the meme came from. Where you know it's yeah. just Milton trying to trying to get his his spot on the stage, and he yeah. played like one map or one match or something with them at the very end of the something first season. Comical. Yeah, something, <laughs> and, and it was just in a situation where no, no matter how good you looked, you weren't going to look good. No matter how bad you looked, you you know you weren't going to have an opportunity to shine. It right. was it, it was, was um, a rough spot. So. Uh, great to see him get a chance to hopefully come in and play some meaningful reps, um, get on the stage, show what he can do. And, and um, you know, if they use him as a player coach kind of a situation, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the veteran QB that comes in to teach the young guy beast right. or something like that, you know, it can only be a beneficial relationship, I think, for beast as well to have him around and take some of the pressure off. So um, great signing from Toronto, if not super splashy, but they don't all have to be right. right. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I really like this move. You need the role players at some point, right? Like, yep. And, like you said, and we've seen this on a lot of a lot of teams, uh, the 
the roster is not lacking um, talent in terms of like, you know, if it were like Madden scores, like there's there's some there's some good numbers there, right? Like there's some mm-hmm. good uh, talent numbers there, but like it's not just the talent on the on the paper that matters. In fact, that that matters. What you know, there's obviously a certain threshold, but I think it matters way less uh, than I think a lot of people have predicted in the in the past, and even even we've talked about. It's like team synergy. Uh, chemistry are they a coachable player I mean all these things that are you know you take for granted when you're in traditional sports it's like yeah you can have like the 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 talent there you can have a player who's really talented but are they coachable do they get around mm-hmm. along with the team you know are they a Terrell Owens type of player where it's like yeah they're an amazing talent but they're you know a horrible media presence and they're you know a, a, a distraction a distraction yeah yeah it's been it's something a lot of sports teams don't want to go for right. and, and for a variety of reasons mm-hmm. which are sometimes controversial and sometimes right. aren't and are really apparent in the case of to and um you know this is a, a player you definitely i don't think need to worry about anything like that he, he just wouldn't have lasted this long without a single comment from a teammate or you know what right. i mean like every every word you hear about him is is about um is all positive you know about how uh, beneficial uh, he is to have around and um i want to point out here too i i don't think we can call it a coincidence i think it's officially a trend and something to keep in mind going forward when we look at what toronto might do with roster spots um they like to go to the old guard yeah. Um, and call up people that maybe never got a shot looking at Mangachu, uh, looking at gods. Um, you know, now we've got numlocked and, and it just seems to be a bit of not that they're afraid to go sign new players, but there's more of a willingness to look at, at well-known options that have been overlooked by multiple other people mm-hmm. um, in, in order to bring them in and, and give them a shot. And I think that's uh, great to see. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really hoping it um, it does pay off for them. You know, it's it's not been. I don't think a detriment. None of the the players I mentioned really flailed out. Right, God's looked looked good when he got the opportunity to play. He just didn't have really a solid main tank with him. I didn't think at the time. And um, Man- uh, Mangachu at bare minimum was was gold for the the Torb one v ones and right. stuff like that. And, you know, so I, it's it is what it is. They they're not gonna likely pop off and become top players in the league, right? But, um, you know, you don't necessarily need them to be either. So it's just something to keep in mind going forward when we try to connect dots and who's going to yeah. go where, you know, uh, Toronto might be a team that goes and gets somebody who's been around contenders mm-hmm. longer than, than most. Yeah. And I think Toronto, they, they start doing this. They're building up, you know, the core of their team. Is it a bunch of old guard guys that have been around forever? They know what the competitive scene is like. And like, you have this you have this core what you know might not be the they're they're not a number one team in the league signing num numlocked isn't going to shoot them up you know a huge they're not going to go up a tier um you know <laughs> from bottom to even to middle i don't think because of the signing um but if you can get a core of a team and this is sort of the uh the the message that i've been saying for the whole season is like some of the teams, you know, take LA Valiant, for example, um, you know, they didn't build their team this year to win this year. They are building a team to to have a core and, and get a core of a team and build on that for years to come. 
this seems sort of like what um, what Toronto is doing. And like, yes, you could bring in a top talent, like really raw, un undeveloped uh, player right now. But do you want to bring that player in to an undeveloped, um, you know, uh, com- not community, uh, culture, team culture? Like you got to develop that and get that and get that solidified. Obviously now is because of the pandemic is not a good time to do any of that, but you start with someone who knows what they're doing. Who's played online tournaments. I mean, like you said, been playing since the old days when there were only online tournaments. So that's a, that's, you know, something, you know, that's not something to disregard uh, at all. So long story knows, short, yeah. knows how to play on mobile data. It's right. not overstep. That's, you know, that's, that's consistency. That's availability. Like the man right. will be there if needed. That's, right. that's or something, right? Yeah. Um, no, but I mean, all, all jokes aside, it's, it's maybe not the, the most, um, head turning of a signing, but I think it's yeah. one that, that this team needed and, and can hopefully, you know, you said, you said it might not tear jump them, but, um, I think you combine it with, uh, sure for actually, you know, playing again, considering he's your, your star and your X factor. And we might get that middle of the pack team that we kind of thought they, yeah. they would be. Um, mm-hmm. I really think they are just kind of a, a, bit of a hard carry away you just need somebody in those moments when the team doesn't right. absolutely pop off to to be able to save a couple of team fights here and there and mm-hmm. uh, you know sure is definitely somebody that can do that so uh something to, to keep an eye out for but it's not all additions here for toronto yes uh jay has left the toronto defiant and has decided to retire from esports so of course jay was the gm for toronto mm-hmm. um I didn't uh, read the whole statement from him, but uh, Death, did you, do you have any thoughts on, on Jay leaving? What, what do you think about this? Well, it's, it's I mean, Jay and, and in combination with um, the Bishop as the head coach yeah. at the start of the year was some of the things we were most excited about for Toronto. So uh, it is a little rough to see them go, but um, much like with Washington, uh, and I don't know that we talked about this too much because it happened like as we were, Mm-hmm. kind of on a break uh, for the holiday, I believe, if I'm remembering the timing and how all that worked out. But much like with Washington, I mean, when your team for two years in a row underperforms and isn't doing well, it, you can't be upset when the general manager goes, um, when some of the coaching staff clears out and, and you know, you need a bit of a reset. You're mm-hmm. trying to, to find and build that culture you were talking about, and that is a top-down thing. Um, it's funny. A lot of people roll their eyes at stuff like that. And, um, I think a lot of people that do that didn't play in, in, uh, competitive sports. Um, I came from a football team that was habitually and regularly bad. Um, it was in the locker room. It was talked about amongst the team and the players and, um, it has to come from up above and and it also has to come from results. You don't completely shake it just because you get some no nonsense guys that talk a good game coming in. They have to do that as well as provide the wins to to really flip things around. And right. you've got to make people really believe things are different. Um, go watch the Buffalo Bills three years ago before Sean McDermott showed up, and right. then and listen to how they're talked about now. Um, it's completely different, and it's and it starts with that attitude, that mm-hmm. culture in the locker room, the the mentality of the players. And um, I hope this opens the door for Toronto to bring in somebody that can really do that and bring that to the table. Um, because I do think it's sorely needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, a player like 
Numlock can really feed into that a little bit. The old vet, the old guard, um, kind of coming in, and and Numlock's been on a lot of really bad teams. He's been on a couple mm-hmm. of really good teams and contenders too, and he knows what it takes to to kind of make that transition and that switch. And um, so, yeah, we'll see who they hire. I mean, I can't sit here and say it's great because I don't know who's going to take the the mantle. Right. Um, but on its surface, I'm not upset to see the GM of a team that I, you know, have been uh, disappointed in the right. performance of for, for almost two full seasons now. Um, you know, you can't be too upset to see them go. So Yeah, I just quickly read over uh, Jay's statement as well. So it looks like it was mostly just a not really, not necessarily burnout. Well, a little bit of burnout and just like, yeah, like you said, it's it's tough when you know, you're, you're in a position and you don't do well. And a lot of that, I mean, I think rightly so in some cases, like goes back on the GM or the coaching staff or the, the upper, upper levels. And like, if you don't want to do it, that's great. Or that's fine. I think that, you know, it, it was, it, it seemed at least from the statement that, um, it was mutual. So, you know, from Toronto's perspective, like, hey, you have a GM who's under, underperformed, and maybe it was a, a a little bit of a nudge out the door, not necessarily a uh, hey, he just wanted to go. Um, but it seemed. It if seemed I had to easy. guess, in this situation, I think usually what happens is the team says, "Hey, we've made the decision. We're going to move on from from you as in this position. Um, you know, are you sticking around? Or you know what I mean?" And he right. probably from that decision made the decision to retire from esports rather than get back on the grind and try to find a new home and, and things like that. But, yeah. and that's all just hearsay because of transparency problems um, that have been discussed ad nauseum yeah. on the show. Yeah. But I, I think again, we're not, we're, we're, we're at the point with Toronto where uh, at least in terms of performance, can't really get too much worse than they've been doing. Uh, I mean, you, you could, but it's not very far. Um, it's not so realistic like, to think they're going right. to get worse than that. So. Right. So, uh, yeah, bring bring in some new blood uh, and uh, maybe shake things up. So uh, I think, you know, I, I don't really have anything particularly specifically uh, negative to say about Jay at all. So, you know, in that regard, maybe it's sad, but um, I think I think it's a... It was, a, it was mutual, and it seemed to be on good terms, so uh, all, all positive there. All right, moving on. Hangzhou uh, Spark has added uh, Hajian to the coaching staff. Um, I know exactly zero things about this person. Formerly with Vancouver, so okay. this is some of their old staff oh, okay. kind of being re- reincorporated back into the league. Uh, was also with Fusion University for some of their runs, so... Um, He's a, a South Korean coach. Uh, if you you weren't aware, I mean, saying he was with Vancouver kind of answers that for the most part. Right. But so is Harshin, so maybe not. Um, but yeah, uh, I think this is a solid uh, addition. I mean, yeah. he's clearly he, he's been around the game a long time, um, been a part of some successful organizations, and Hang Zhao's in a position to um, level up here after the architect acquisition. Yeah. And I think some fresh blood in the coaching staff can't hurt either because they've been, at least for me, um, a, a solid underperformer um, yeah. across the season so far. So I, I'm still very excited to see teams valuing coaching staff as much as as they are here. Like mm-hmm. I think you know, it's 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 under underappreciated uh, from the community of like 
a team a team is underperforming oh well let's just change the main tanker let's change let's change this player it's like yeah that's that can help but as we said a lot of these teams are like overstacked in in talent you need to refine that in some way so really glad to see a team uh opting for more coaching staff there um but the opposite of that is happening for the Washington Justice as John Galt has been released by them yeah um I want to say his, I almost don't like the wording uh, from the announcement. Um, Yeah, so the announcement reads, today we say thank you and goodbye to John Galt as he steps away from the justice to further his education. So I saw some people kind of how this was really pointing towards them, like trying to move in a, a full Korean direction. And I don't disagree that that's likely what they're trying to do mm-hmm. um but i don't think that this was why he left right i think they might have known he was kind of running out the year i i really don't know it's it's impossible to say so we're, we're just kind of guessing at yeah. it but um it's worded as though he stepped away because he wants to get his college uh, career started and and i think that's an admirable pursuit um so it's a team that was probably going to be moving on from him at the end of the year anyways right. because you typically do that when you have a regime change mm-hmm. um and that's clearly what's going on there so uh, we'll have to see who fills that uh, head coach position for the meantime. Yeah, uh, all I have to say is who. No one's gonna get. No one. No one ever gets I, that joke. I don't. That's fine. Uh, it's it's what we call highbrow humor. Um, <laughs> but uh, speaking of the Washington Justice, Elevote has also uh, mutually parted ways with the Washington Justice. Anything additional uh, to add here with with Elevote? They uh, made the oh my god, I'm blank. Janu um, was the other the other one they brought in. So him and Stitch, I believe, were extended to be long term contracts. Okay. Um, Elevote and Losish was. I mean, Elevote came in and played decently for them early on in the year. Um, I did think he dropped off a bit uh, once he was maybe had some tape out there on him and people were able to study what he was doing, his, mm-hmm. his positions, things like that. Um, you know, I don't know what what exactly to attribute the drop off in in performance to. It could have just been a team situation, mm-hmm. um, as is often the case with main tanks and, and tank lines and things. I think they tend to go uh, look pretty bad when the rest of their team's pretty bad behind right. them. So, um, you know, I don't want to sit here and say he was a problem or needed to go, but he was brought in as part of a tank duo, and the other half of the tank duo has yet to step foot on American soil to join this team. Yep. Um, has yet to play even a little bit. He was on this roster last year. This is Lulsish, so I fully expect Lulsish to be next um, and and make his way out as well. Again, mm-hmm. this is probably a team that will be end up with a full Korean roster by you know the 2021 season start. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the time being, I think you know this is a player whose spot on the starting roster was was already lost. Um, so I don't think it makes a huge difference to them going forward. I don't think, you know, it was going to be Jono on the stage basically the whole time. Yeah. Just seems like sort of a placeholder didn't, didn't, the stars didn't align for them. And, uh, yeah, maybe it would have been different had Lulsich been able to get there because Elevo and Lulsich have been together forever, um, as a duo. And it would have been nice to see them get their shot, but um, I don't even know that it was anybody's fault. I just don't think the guy could get a visa and, and get to the states. Yeah, it's uh, so weird how perplexing. That, how yeah, that one works. player has that that kind of a problem. I, I really don't know, but there's yeah, just no point in speculating because it could be literally anything. Yep. Um, 
All right, let's move on and talk about a big one here for NYXL as they picked up Hacksaw. So yet another DPS player coming to NYXL. I know I've got my thoughts on it, Death, but I'm interested to hear what you think. Well, there's some patch notes and some uh, experimental mode changes that might make Genji viable. So um, all the changing that's going on with hero pools, which we'll be talking about soon, maybe they're going to change hero limits as well, and we're going to go back to anything goes. And then you could just get Who Are You and Haxel double Genjiing it up uh, yes. with double Zenyata and double Winston main tanks. Can't and we wait. can just go back to the, the Zenji meta. Hey, we uh, have been long time. Uh, well, that was also before Zenyata's orbs went away, too. So it was actually it was actually super broken. And I think Symmetra was, was part of that old Symmetra where you'd give shields, too. So it was like really that was hard. one of the iterations yeah. uh, of it for sure before it really solidified um, Twinston Tucio trade trade. Yeah. Is really, we uh, were we were original about. advocators against hero limits. So I I personally have gotten with the times, but at, at my core, I say. Let Listen, them I'm, have I, their we, multiples. Yeah, we've both gotten with the times, but that was before we had the opportunity to see a Who Are You and Hacksaw double Genji comp, and yeah. I'm here for it. I want to see it. Let's let's go. Um, in all seriousness, this is obviously a big deal. We yeah. talked, I think, last episode about what New York can potentially uh-huh. do to level up, and there's two things that are happening here. There's the signing of Hacksaw. And then there's a main support player named Mandu who has yes. come of age and is now 18 years old and will be able to play for the NYXL. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think anybody's doubting or wondering how Hacksaw fits into a team. I think you just play him and let him figure it out from there. He does seem yeah, to be there. So. so I do expect him to be there. Um, probably a brutal uh, blow for Libero's uh, Fantasy Overwatch League value, uh, if I had yeah. to guess. It's it's going to be rough for him to find the stage. I can absolutely see compositions where um, you do get who are you in there, you know, um, mm-hmm. like Genji, Doomfist. I'm, I'm blanking a little bit on Hexel's uh, hero pool. I, I know um, the like timing Genji, would be... Genji, Farah, Doomfist, May. Yeah, I was. Gonna, I thought Doomfist was in it, but I just wasn't wasn't a hundred percent sure. So maybe we get to the point where we've got like Doomfist Genji dive compositions, and you end up using them both. Uh, far from uh, eliminating that from the possibility. Again, I, there there are actual patch notes out there that that have significant Genji buffs to them. Um, they get to deflect for longer manually turn off deflect and then just like the numbers are are um boosted um on just damage output and things like that so i it's very reasonable we get some some actual genji play in overwatch league before the end of the year um so a very interesting signing here i i think um you know, I completely forgot about Mandu, if I'm being honest, when we were having sure. a conversation last week. Um, there's another uh, player who is now uh, eligible age-wise to to play that, that just completely dominated my attention. We'll talk about him uh, when we preview their match coming up. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, the main support is a position that can really change the way a team operates. It can yeah. change the pace with which they play. Um, they've been trying to be a little more aggressive, I think, in their play style and maybe um, transitioning away from Animo is is the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, very curious to see what NYXL does with the main support position. And then now, um, you know, we Nene is back as well, I think, in Korea. Um, he was at I, least on his way back 
Yeah, uh, I, th- I thought that was a picture of him in a Korean airport, but it could have just been like a Korean Airlines or something gate and an American airport. I really, right. I really don't know. But either way, probably won't see play right away because they'll likely need to quarantine. Right. Although there's some talk that maybe that's as things get better over there and Korea handled the whole virus better than the entire rest of the world did to right. begin with. So they're farther ahead. Ahead of the meta in all all aspects. In all ways. Absolutely. So, yeah, it might not be a a delay to, you know, getting um, Nene back incorporated, but a lot of questions with NYXL and um, I think a lot of disappointed people if Haxall's not immediately in the starting lineup, if I'm being honest. So we'll see where they go from here. What are you hoping for out of curiosity? Give me the new regime. Give me Hacksaw. Give me who are you or Hacksaw plus SBB. I'm fine with that. I think, you know, Libero, you've done your time. You've filled your spot. Be a, a leader for the team and the, and the community of the team and fill in the weird spots where maybe you're needed. But like, yeah. He seems like the perfect reservist DPS for, yeah. for the team, but not a starter maybe anymore. I be the be the uh, u- the utility player. Be the like, hey, uh, I I don't want to see the SBB Libero looked. It just looks like, you know, you're running the two like thirty, th- you know, thirty five year olds in hockey or something. It's like they're they're there. They were once they were once glorious, but they are no, you know. <laughs> The young guys are beating up on him. It, it feels like that. Um, also, um, you know, Hacksaw, having played on the Titans, has been on a, another team that has had success in Overwatch League. You know, more success in terms of, uh, you know, playoff success than NYXL. So there's not even like... I, I not and again this is all just hearsay and I'm I'm assuming things or or extrapolating things but like if you're coming from most other teams or like contenders or something you're going to be you know intimidated potentially by NYXL and what they've accomplished and how they've been so good but if you're coming from a team that has been as good or arguably better than NYXL coming into NYXL you can have like like the things you say and contribute to that conversation and the mindset of the team have weight behind them. If you're, you know, uh, even a contender's champion coming in and you're saying this, that, or the other about how to play or how to think about a certain situation, like it's like, yeah, whatever, dude. Like, you, you know, you haven't been here. This is the league, by the way. I don't care what you did in contenders, you know? Gotta earn it. You gotta, you gotta earn it. And I think a player like Hacksaw, I, I'm trying to think, there really hasn't been, as far as I can remember, there haven't been any, uh, with the exception of um, Hotba, but he was never on a team that was anywhere near as good as as NYXL. I guess Philly close, but even so, was never a contender, like a real player uh, for that team. Um, there hasn't been, you know, the, the additions from NYXL have been from outside of the league. So I I think this could really potentially shake up, uh, what NYXL is doing. Um, just be not only because he's a great player, but also just because of, of that fact as well. So I'm, I'm very excited about Hacksaw. Um, but knowing, knowing my luck, he'll be the new, the new pine and we'll never see him. Uh, I, I, 
I don't even want to think. I don't even want to think about that. Let's go on to some. Let's go on to some. Uh, from I, I think that the Hacksaw signing is good news. The thought of of NYXL squandering that signing is what is making me sad. But let's talk about some good news for the Dallas Fuel fans out there. As Zachary has retired from Overwatch. <laughs> Firing, firing shots. Um, fair, fair shots. Um, I, yeah. I will say lined up yeah. very easily. Yeah, Zach. Um, they needed his roster spot. Basically, I, I think is is about the size of it, and he wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be on the stage anymore. Yeah. And um, I don't know what his plans are going forward, um, but he's he's gonna be stepping away from Overwatch, is is what he announced he's retiring from. So I don't expect him to go back down to contenders or anything yeah. like that. And um probably for the best. I mean there was clearly something there. He had a lot of success on uh Fusion University when he was there. Yeah. He was just to me like mismanaged as a prospect um across the board from yeah. being used in a situation that made him look really, really bad at the World Cup to yeah. then um his head coach in the world cup like scrambling to make up for the damage that he just did to this guy's prospects to right. joining overwatch league um bringing him in and then to using him right away when he he wasn't ready um he was a solid brig player i i think he he proved that in his time in in dallas um but he was signed as a dps uh you know, you don't need your DPS players to be able to play Brig anymore. So that right. that kind of value's non-existent, and we're watching Decay and Doha just pop off and carry the team and and really erase a lot of mistakes. There's a zero percent chance they're coming out. Um, you remember the story about AKM's final season, and it was going to be his chance for a redemption. Yeah. What are you still doing there, bud? Like, come on. I mean, I was kind of wondering like, the same thing. Other than <laughs> like, just kind of like making them pay you since they signed you to the contract, which is fair. I, I mean, yeah, I would do that. I, I mean, but I, I mean, I definitely wouldn't do that if a team wants to sign me for a full year contract. Uh, <laughs> we can just see how that pans out. Uh, just unless it's Florida, they'll cut you in, in, in a day. Um, I mean, less is, than a day, in an hour. I'll have better. I'll have a better lawyer than Sideshow. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Morrison, please represent me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, I, we don't want to harp on it. He's on his way out. Um, it's a situation where I think there's clearly a lot of talent there. Um, and I think a new game might be a really good, uh, a good look for Zach and, and maybe he finds one that, that he can actually pop off in and, and really, right. uh, you know, lead the charge. in. he, he was, um, a great prospect. Yeah. Like I said, great prospect that I just don't think was ever handled right. And he was yeah. never really given the, the best opportunity to, to make the most out of um, his chance in Overwatch League. He needed a little more time in contenders, and then maybe he needed some time on the bench and yeah. somebody to learn from. And they needed to use him like KSF got used by the Valiant, to be perfectly yep. honest with you. Um, and I think that might have been uh, a lot better of a transition. Yep. Um, but another player, and this will be the last bit of news here, another player uh, has joined the Dallas Fuel, and that's Paintbrush, who's been traded from the LA Gladiators. Yeah, not a player the Gladiators were going to use. I think they did use him once, and that was you know didn't didn't have the best showing. But just kind of throwing a player in and his, uh, you know, with the entire rest of the roster being there and things like mm -hmm. that isn't the best look. So, um, listen, Dallas's support line is probably their biggest weakness um, at the moment. Closer never really looked as good here as he did on on um, London at times, and even there he wasn't. He was solid, but I don't think he's ever been a standout, you know, main support. Yeah. Um, so another option to go to somebody to try to give them uh, a little more stability back there could be really, really big for them. Um, he's very unknown. Um, 
because he's only had what one match or two maps even maybe or something like that worth of playtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully with a new home with some time to integrate. Um, again, maybe don't use him immediately out of the gate when you you get him here so that you don't kind of spoil your fans on him and and make them dislike him because of a, <laughs> a rough uh, opening or something like that. Right. I don't really know. Um, but I wouldn't wait too long either because it really has been an issue um, for this roster, how the, the back line is, has performed. So hopefully he can give them some stability there and, and um, you don't have to do much to allow Decay and Doha to win you, win you matches. Um, so just give them a little more support, a little more reliability uh, around them. And it could, could pay dividends. We'll see though. Yeah. Could be uh, some pretty exciting times for the Dallas Fuel. I'm sure Bob is uh, jumping for joy. (laughs) But let's move on here, and we've got some things to talk about with the upcoming uh, format changes. It's tournament talk. I feel like you probably forgot what a lot of these drops actually sound like. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so I'm going to read, we've got a, a big uh, new format, uh, some some changes and just some some clarifications here. So I'm going to read through these uh, quickly and then we'll, we'll discuss them. So the format for the rest of the regular season has been announced. The most important details include a new event that is called the Summer Showdown, uh, where we'll have three weeks of seating matches followed by a tournament. <clears throat> seating brackets are going to be handled in the same way as the May Melee with the higher seeds being able to pick their opponents up until the semifinals where things become predetermined. Hero pools have been changed with the first two weeks of seeding having the same hero pool as the last week uh, and the last week of seeding and the tournament will have no hero pools. So two weeks of hero pools, which we'll talk about in a second. And then the last week of seeding plus the tournament itself, no hero pools. After the summer showdown, there will be another tournament uh, following the same format and details uh, will be announced later uh, after these two tournaments it will be two weeks of balancing matches with the goals to have teams uh to get all teams to have 21 regular season matches not including tournament matches there will be one hero pool over these two weeks um initial hero pool will be uh echo sombra diva and brigita band uh, deadlines for trades and free agent signings have been extended from june 15th to july 31st um, and then there's some links for some more details, but um, a lot to uh, sort of encapsulate there, Death. So we got the uh, the confirmation that we're going to be doing tournament formats for uh, the foreseeable, you know, rest of the season. Yeah, um, so yeah. There's a there's a lot here, um, and I guess my big takeaway is that it all feels very disjointed and weird. Um, there's things I really like about these changes, and there's things I dislike about these changes. And we already know my take on the tournament, so I'm going to skip over the fact that they're they're definitely doing them because we already kind of knew that, right? Yeah. Um, so. Let's just look at the the schedule of it, right? With two week hero pools, I'm all for this. I think a little more time to let a meta mature and mm-hmm. develop can lead to some better gameplay, and yeah. I I'm all for that. I think hero pools have been um, a massive success in what they've been able to do mm-hmm. for just the excitement of watching things. Sorry, coaches, I don't care that your job got harder. <laughs> uh, 
I never will. I know it's not yeah. meant to be an easy job. You're yep. just meant to go out there and win. So just go win, forehead. Yep. Um, it really is that simple. But I think this will help them a little bit, which isn't a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not opposed to giving them a little bit of uh, an ability to do their jobs better. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, we've advocated for ways to help them be more impactful, not less impactful. So right. if this can do that, great. And all, all things considered, you know, there's some concerns about two-week hero pools, and that's, um, is everybody going to play the same number of matches within those those games, right? right? If you don't have a, week, a match at all in the first week of the hero pool, then you, you, you theoretically get a big advantage where you yeah. get to learn from what happened there. True. So. I'd like to see with them is some balance and say, okay, every team plays twice in those two weeks, or, you know, maybe one division plays both weeks and the other one only plays one of them. I don't don't know exactly how you handle it, but I I do think that's a concern Mm -hmm. Um, and a valid one, not a deal breaker by any means that means you can't do it, but just part of the equation and how you have to, to judge its effectiveness. But what I think this, where I think this really falls short is we're doing two week hero pools with three weeks of seeding matches going into a tournament. Why aren't all the qualifiers under a hero pool? Why aren't you doing four weeks of qualifiers, right. two different hero pools, and then you go into the tournament without hero pools. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Some people have said, well, now you get a week of practice on the hero pool lists or the, the no bands hero pool that the, the tournament will be on. But like, isn't that the point of the, tournament that it's like kind of a one-off thing and why does it need to be connected randomly in meta and hero pool to this third week of uh of that it just doesn't fit yeah. right? this whole but to be honest the whole tournament structure just doesn't fit because it's a it's a sports league right it's an esports league it's not uh, just an esports scene that you're following where there's a, a tournament this weekend or this month and then mm-hmm. one this month and it, it's it's the, just doesn't none of it lines up so now it feels like we're shoehorning tournaments into a regular season of a league and then on top of that we're shoehorning two-week hero pools into a three-week structure right. of event and I, honestly i don't think it's going to give it much of a chance to feel like a positive change i don't i think it's going to sour people on the idea of two-week hero pools because it's going to feel sloppy it's going to feel awkward um they're not going to be wrong and and uh, when they watch it and feel that, you know, if that's the case, maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe it, maybe it works out. I don't know. It might be very much so up to the broadcast to sell it to the viewer in the moment right. and to make it feel organic. Um, but just planning it and looking at it, it's, it certainly looks far from um, organic yeah. or like it makes much sense. Um, it doesn't have to be this way. Like you could just do the extra week of, of qualifying matches and it would make a whole lot more sense. Um, and it makes the actual tournament a lot less, um, interesting and exciting and, and hype for me. Um, even though I have my own issues with them, there'd be something to going into it without a hero pool, not knowing exactly what was going to be played. And now I feel like, oh, well, it was going to be like a one or two character difference in how the teams approach because we just watched it last weekend. Right. Right. So it's, it's less interesting. It's less exciting. Um, and yeah, I don't know. So it, it, to me, it just makes the tournament idea worse. Um, it makes the hero pool idea look worse. And it just looks like Blizzard is a little lost at the moment and how to how to structure these things. Yeah. And um, I guess maybe that's good for us in the long term, since we don't want to see these tournaments come back next year. Um, but we'll have to wait and see exactly how it how it plays out. I'm very skeptical about this, and I'm upset that this is how we're going to see the two-week hero pools. So I do encourage everybody to look at the first two weeks coming up of matches 
as its own isolated thing, right? Like, how did that two weeks feel? How did it right. feel at the end of two weeks? Ignore the fact that the tournament's coming up because I think multiple weeks or longer hero pools is a great thing to try mm-hmm. uh, and something that could very, very possibly be uh, a positive adaptation to a system that I've really enjoyed. Um, but we'll have to see because it is just going to be a little weird. Yeah. Um, it all works out and oh. incorporates a lot of this to me feels like it was okay we need to have you know the number they're saying is 21 regular season matches we need to have 21 regular season matches played or or that's the number we want to have each team have played 21 regular season matches so we need we have this amount of time left in whatever bracket that they're going to probably based on i'm going a little bit outside of the game here Actually, I'm going very much outside of the game here. There's probably a certain deadline that they need to have, you know, playoffs either started or kicking off into a, a grand finals of some sort based on, you know, ad deals that they that they sold. Um, they could. Without without doing the without, like looking at a calendar and doing the math, my guess is that this is the best way if there's a couple of things that uh, are, are set in stone. The number of matches that each team is supposed to play is something that they can't change. If, if we're assuming that it's 21 or whatever for, for regular season matches. And also, um, they want to have these tournaments for whatever reason they want to have these tournaments. It's like, okay, how can we get, uh, how can we get the most out of these tournaments? given that we only want to have this many regular season games and then also the two week hero pool. So if it breaks down to, okay, we're going to have three tournaments or whatever from now until the end of the season, we're going to have 21 matches, which means we're going to have to have this weird week where like Vancouver plays like a hundred times or whatever. I don't know how they're going to do it. Um, So I think I can kind of add to that a little bit. I think the 28 was the original number of games to play in a season. So I think they've already changed that and brought that down to account for the lost time. Um, And I'm guessing they want four games played in qualifiers going into each tournament for every single team. Um, And that takes the two teams that have played the most, which I think is Philly and Houston. I could be wrong on that. They probably added eight games to what they've already played. And that number is 21. Um, right. And that the rest, they need to keep it as low as possible because you've got teams like Vancouver that have played like six times right. who are going to be playing a ton in those, those balancing matches or whatever at the, at the end of the two tournaments. Um, and you're also going to see them play extra times coming up, right? Um, at the end of what's announced, there's like a match on the schedule for Vancouver where it won't count towards their qualifications, but it will count towards their opponent's qualification ma- uh, matches. Right. So they're going to be putting in some extra matches already before those balancing. Yeah, I was going to, so, I was wondering how they're, because like Vancouver can't play themselves, right? If they're the only right. team that's at six, you're going to be adding something to someone else, right? Okay. Yeah. So there's like one extra Vancouver match involved in this tournament's setups. It'll be at the very end, and they'll, pro- they'll probably mention it on the broadcast, but won't really change much. I don't think Vancouver is going to be a high seed or in contention for it. Right. But their opponent in Atlanta um, in that match will be uh, potentially. So um, could be impactful in that regards. But either way, they're all regular season matches, so the teams will be up for them and, yeah. and 
doing what they need to do. So um, not a big deal there. But yeah, I just wanted to, I did think I had a little bit of insight into how those numbers came to be, or at least yeah. the solid data. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, 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 it, so given all that, let's just assume, if we assume that the scheduling math and the things that are constant are there, this kind of makes sense. Like if they want to try two week hero limits, like I guess just do it. Like they could have the third week and just have all the qualifier matches be on, on that. But I, I don't know. I guess it's just a choice. To Couldn't like... they have just? So to me, if you want to, like the better way to shoehorn it is, you're adding two weeks of non qualifier matches. Why couldn't they be after the third week of qualifiers, before the actual tournament takes place, right? right? And just balance it's balancing week, it's schedule balancing week, right? It's always going to be weird with everything that's right. happened with, with COVID 19. Everybody knows that going into it. Yeah. Um, and so then you could have like your hero pool there. The second hero pool can be the third week of qualifiers, and then you're balancing matches for the week. Um, and it just, it just feels just a whole lot better. The to have it week. Be there and then, yeah, yeah. I don't know. it's just awkward. Yeah, it is. Um, it was going to be awkward regardless, I guess. It was. This is an all right way to to do it. It's I not think. the worst. It could be great. It could not have an impact. But I think it's just going to make hero pools look bad um, and make two-week hero pools look bad. Like, it just won't make sense. It doesn't work when they could have just had an even number of weeks. Like, why are you trying to make a two-week thing happen when you've got a set of three-week schedules? Like, they, right basic uh division and multiplication and just some very yeah. elementary math tells you that there's going to be some awkwardness to this that was yeah. very avoidable true i i don't disagree there um okay but in terms of the hero pool itself with echo yep. sombra diva brigitte band what are you thinking at a high level for these uh first two weeks I think you're going to see a lot of what you saw in the May Melee for the first two weeks without the Florida composition of Brig Tracer um, really mixing things up. I think Dive's going to be exceedingly difficult to pull off without Echo and without Diva and without Sombra, who are three very important pieces to Dive, also mm-hmm. Brig. So this tells me we're looking at double shield May compositions for two weeks, mm-hmm. which is, uh, to me, that's the hero pool list meta. So I, I don't I don't like this particular draw Right. Hero well um it's the downside of the two-week hero pools is when you get one that's maybe less exciting or less great um but my big issue with it is again it it feels like we're gonna get maybe see it's hard to say right because either we're restricting the best composition and we're stopping the brig tracer stuff um or we're i don't know it's we need more of the no hero pool meta to flesh out i think to really know what kind of impact this will have and what would be traditionally meta um now i think what we had before and considered traditionally meta before the the may melee um will dominate here we're gonna see a lot of ryan sigma um maybe some orissa um a lot of double shield let's just say however they work that out the, the available tank options um i think it's almost more interesting to look at how it impacts specific teams um yeah. the soul dynasty don't want to play the diva they want to play the ryan sigma um so green light go for it you're 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 well set up for that now um florida's everybody's favorite your favorite uh, team at the moment you know they're they're the new hotness they're the ones shooting up the the power rankings um chris can't play break and without Brig, that means Yaki can't play the Tracer, at least without the same effectiveness, the right. same interaction that made it so powerful before. 
Um, so I think it, it's a pretty big hit to, to Florida, and we're going to learn whether or not this was, oh, they found a hero pool that suited them versus right. they are actually significantly better and, and performing a lot better. Right. And a lot of it will revolve around Chris's ability to go back to Lucio or to go to Baptiste or something mm-hmm. uh, and perform at a level we've not seen him perform at outside of, of the brick play. So right. um, those are the two teams that I think are the most heavily impacted by it. Um, I'm a little curious and unsure about what exact patch we'll be playing on. Um, there's no chance of the Genji changes being in there, I guess, yet. So, um, but yeah, it's it's all going to be very, um, very interesting to, to mm-hmm. see what the teams do with this and if it will bring about any changes. But I would personally bet on, like I said, the double shield um, with Ash May um, really leading the charge for the DPS heroes. Um, I don't know about Zen. Zen kind of surprised me in the May, uh, the May melee there mm-hmm. a little bit. It's his um, resurgence. So it'll be curious to see what the support lines do. Um, but I guess uh, Baptiste usually sees a tick when you go into the double shield comps and things right. like that. So maybe expect more of him. But... All right. Well, should be interesting. Yeah, I guess that, that you get the... So the I think the benefit of two week hero pools in general is you get the initial you get the initial like discovery phase of like okay well the teams are like some teams may come to different conclusions like we saw with Florida they kind of innovated something different and that was really cool. The downside is like does that innovation and like that rock paper scissors that back and forth extend to the following week of like okay well are we going to play the thing that beats that the the thing that was actually good or are we just going to also everyone's all going to play it and it's like the first week is cool and the second week is just like who can do it better maybe that's interesting maybe it's not i don't know um and the downside is like oh i mean if you think about it in like let's just say next year or in two years or whatever like, yes, there's going to be new heroes added and whatnot, and maybe things change drastically, but, like, if we get a similar hero pool, maybe that first week is actually not that exciting because it's like, okay, we know what's going to happen here. It's not going to be anything interesting. And then we get two weeks of this, and it's not interesting. Yeah, and there's been so many changes, too. Like, I guess it's easy to see why this was derived from, you know, what we saw in the melee, but the the melee really did have such variety. Yeah. Um, that it, it almost feels like these selections are a little bit independent of what was probably the best overall composition. But again, the team that surprised and did so well in Florida ran something else. And mm-hmm. so maybe if other teams were on that plan, it would have been very different or I, I don't know. It's one of these one of those things. I've, I've looked at hero pools and thought, oh, these aren't going to be great. And then all of a sudden it turns out Ash is just actually good. And it's a, it's, yeah. it's a fun week. And, you know, so it, I don't want to hang my hat on like the analysis of what, what it looks like going into right. it, but um, it does feel very easy and very likely for teams to just fall into the double shield meta. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've been in since playoffs last year and what hero pools yep. were designed to get rid of. So it's, it's hard to be optimistic when looking at this one, but we've got to keep an open mind and, and let the yep. teams figure it out because they've been, with hero pools forced to adapt and play a lot more different comps. And um, I think they're now comfortable doing that in a way they weren't previously. And so maybe this gives them some license Mm -hmm. and and 
characters like Echo and Sombra and Brig, especially Brig, the armor packs, I know, and nobody listening to this show right now understands the actual impact of putting an armor pack on a, on a tracer right. and sending them loose into the back line, unless there's a couple coaches listening to this episode <laughs> or something like that, right? So don't let anybody tell you, you know, even me, that it's it's going to be stale or it's going to be anything because there's intera- there's a level of interactions that go on with the armor and Brig and, and right. Echo as a hero that we just don't fully understand her kit and um, what she punishes and what she keeps, you know, what it keeps at bay and things like that. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, yeah. It's it's a very different game than it was, you know, when the double shield meta started so we'll we'll keep an open mind going into it i'm talking myself more and more <laughs> well we'll have to see and this will certainly of course be a uh, big turning point and we'll see you know the the onset of uh two week hero pool so we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that but let's move on and oh, let's break it. <laughs> got a few matches here we actually got some matches to talk about coming up this week uh, and we'll start off on Saturday with the London Spitfire going against the Shanghai Dragons. Death, who do you have? This is as good as it gets in the Asia region versus the worst it gets in the Asian region. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Shanghai with a comfortable 3-0 and stomp here. Yeah. Um, not, I don't think, too much suspense involved in this one. Nope, I am in agreement there. Next up, we have NYXL versus Seoul Dynasty. I mean, everyone knows what I'm going with here. Easy, easy 5-0. I think you got the wrong. I think the 5-0 is coming up in the next one, but we'll get we'll get to that one in a moment. Um, this one could be very, very close. Like yeah. we talked about what in New York is going to do. Unfortunately. Um, there's no reason why these two teams coming up against each other in any fight under any circumstances wouldn't be considered to be a very close matchup. Um, it's a but historic you- matchup, even though the teams are very different than they once were. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it'll be very curious to see, like I said, what New York does with their their two new options that they've brought in. Um, Seoul, obviously, on the up and up following the, the, the May Melee, mm-hmm. uh, where they showed the ability to play a variety of compositions, not just the double shield that they'd been so comfortable with previously, but I do think they're going to get to play that double shield that they are so comfortable with, yep. being an advantage as New York tries to incorporate some new pieces. I'm going Seoul 3-2. to two um because i think new york is is going to get a little bit of a boost maybe I, i'm optimistic they'll get a boost from the the new guys um mm. if they use them and, and like i said no reason to think it's not close but Seoul yep. should have a slight advantage here so three to two wrong but okay uh next up we'll go uh paris eternal versus boston uprising death is boston this is the other team? this is the other unlock yeah like we are gonna watch sparkle just absolutely dunk <laughs> on the worst team in overwatch like man it's maybe second worst i don't know uh but there is some su- suspense here right because boston did show some ability to play coordinatedly mm-hmm. as a six-man unit and, and log into the game together and mm-hmm. actually play play a match um which is is big news from boston at this at this stage in the game um i'm curious if that was the the pool or you know they just what exactly allowed them to play at a bare bones adequate level mm-hmm. uh, will that continue i don't think it'll matter i think paris should be a couple tiers above this this squad um even with their their level up from previous but um paris has been pretty shaky but yeah i, I just 
also i just want eggsy to show up like completely unannounced unhyped <laughs> stand in there next to you know a sparkle on the uh on the lineups and just go nuts uh i want to see this team in full force and then i want to see something happen where if they have to play against houston they're not able to field that full force <laughs> <laughs> because that's terrifying um yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be very uh, curious to see what kind of impact um, Sparkle's going to have on the the game with the meta the way it is. Right? Mm-hmm. We've seen it so much on Doomfist and Tier Two and things like that, and um, probably not going to be more than a comfort pocket pick or like a late swap if things aren't going great. I, I would think yeah. at the moment. Um, I'd love to see him on Echo, but we're not going to get to. So what is he going to play? How is it going? How is it all going to work? But either way, at the end of the day, he was so hyped up. And all the other signings that Paris makes just seem to work out. You have to assume the one that was super hyped up right. is going to work too, right? Um, so I just, so. I just, I got to see it. Um, let's get to the point where the, the the huge stopping point with the Paris Eternal has been best in their for their front line, and um, let's let's get them there and see how good they are because it, it could yeah. be terrifying. Yeah, definitely, definitely could. All right, are we got to easiest yeah. five of, yeah. of the actual week that'll I'll, actually happen. i'll I'll, uh, I'll take second easiest five uh <laughs> next up we've got florida mayhem versus the dallas fuel death are you in have you bought into the florida hype or is it merely hype well listen i mean i've bought in on on what's actually happened and that and that's that the florida mayhem have proven adequacy they've proven to be what a mid-tier team has been all year. And that's a mm-hmm. team that has the ability to beat anybody at any given time, mm-hmm. um, has the ability to play up and perform really well uh, against quality opponents and is able to finish them off and beat them. That's a big, big step of progress for yeah. the Florida Mayhem. Um, it's ludicrous to turn them into a top three team. In your- <laughs> Anybody who's done that, shame on you. You're not, you, you're, you're shame. just way overboard. Shame, shame. See how I stopped there and let yeah, the drop. I did. That was good. That was good. I liked it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just crazy to go too. Like you just can't go too crazy on Florida. The hypes. I wanted them to be everything everybody else wants them to be. I'm in, right? Especially in this matchup. Uh, I have no no love for Dallas, um, and I would love to see Florida really turn it around. But mm-hmm. they're not there yet, and I worry that the the meta change, Chris back onto maybe Lucio more or um, uh, or Baptiste just isn't quite the same um and i don't see any reason why dallas can't use their dps to pop off right like Widowmaker is still going to be um able to be gone to for decay so him to just carry and um i think without the the armor pack tracer combo right maybe i don't know yaki's just like where decay was for me three weeks or a month ago mm-hmm. right like proven can absolutely be a beast and carry on the tracer um in in the league but just you gotta show me another hero where you can have a similar kind of impact and just solo carry and pop off uh not anything i've i've seen quite yet but certainly not of the realm of possibility there's a lot of words to say three to two dallas here um but it's i think that close that it's i mean these teams are right neck and neck in my mind um in in my power rankings so with the uncertainty of a new meta a new hero pool uh, i'll go three to two but i'll call it dallas See, I want to go three to two Florida, but I'm. If you're watching the video, I'm scrambling. I was wondering what you were the doing. coin. I, I don't know where it is, so uh, I guess I have to agree with everything that Death puts the out. The big one that I don't want to hurt. I mean, thumb. I don't want to hurt your thumb, but if you, I'm definitely giving. Uh, I'm definitely picking Florida three to two here. All right. 
we'll see. So it's heads for Dallas and then tails never fails for the Florida man. Sure. Cause my, my heart's with Florida. Sure, so sure. fails there. Oh, God, I can yeah. hear that. Uh, that <laughs> it's I, heads. Oh so man. Coins going for Dallas. I've, I heard the pain in the thumb there. I could just feel, I could feel that one. That was, that was brutal. I have a coin. Uh, okay. Next up, we've got Atlanta Rain versus the Los Angeles Gladiators. Death, what do you got? I I like Atlanta more when I look at the rosters until I look at how they're actually using them. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I will never be able to wrap my head around this baby bay over Erster business. Yeah. Uh, it's lunacy. It doesn't make any sense. The Gladiators are a team that I think are making positive steps and getting better as mm-hmm. the season goes on. It's, it's a little slow. It's a... But Atlanta's just up and down and all over the map, and it could absolutely go either way. If you like Atlanta in this one, I totally get it. Uh, I just feel slightly more confident with the Gladiators. I'm going to take them three to two. No Erster, no win. I'll agree there. All right, we've got three more matches on Sunday, starting off with Philadelphia Fusion versus the Houston Outlaws. Death, are your boys in green able to take this one down? Nope. All right. Well, that's that's the extent of my. Yeah. It's just not the team to be picking Houston against right. here, right? Like it, it, Philly is um, looking really, really strong. Yep. There's no reason to think like Sato can't be on the Reinhardt. Um, Houston's got hydration they're using on main tank now instead of Muma, which is I think working out okay, but it's not ideal right. to be a DPS into the main tank right. role stand up against a team that's lost all of once twice uh not much uh at least in in the league so far i want to say they're still at the top of the standings Uh, yes they are 13 and 1 as their record um so yeah it's not a a likely uh victory here for houston you just can't really realistically um, possible houston beating san francisco they oh yeah plays up and takes down teams they shouldn't beat but uh, you'd have to be pretty far behind him and can pick him so to, yeah. to call that shot now. Would definitely be a uh, a crazy one to pick, but yeah, if you're feel if you're feeling it, you can pick it. But three one because Dante's a nut though. Dante yeah. is way underrated, probably the best Western DPS player in Overwatch League, and yeah, gives them a very serious shot. Yeah. All right, we've got a rematch from the May Melee Vancouver Titans versus the Toronto Defiance. Can our boys take it down again, Death? I think they're still considered the favorites here. Um, if Surefour plays, I think it's like 3-1, 3-0 kind of a situation with the, the latency issues of Vancouver, though they are getting better and, and gelling as a team a little bit. Um, but Toronto should have the, the clear advantage here. I'll take them 3-2. to two. Uh, I'll take you with much more confidence against this terrible opponent, Toronto, if you can just get your star player onto the, onto the, yeah. um, the maps and into the lobby. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. If sure when Sherfor is not in, like all bets are off. I still think I agree. We're favored here with Toronto, but it's closer than I want it to be. Yeah. Um, the okay. The reason we're not flipping the coin is because it hurts physically. To yes. flip it, so. uh, it also <laughs> hurts physically to pick against Toronto, but uh, yeah, emotionally. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last match of the week. We've got LA Valiant versus Washington justice. What do you got, Duff? Uh, 
Washington hasn't earned the right to to be being predicted in, yeah. unless it's against Boston or uh, well, you know, one of the other bottom table teams. Yeah. Um, the Valiant, I'm not as high as a lot of other people are. I think they benefited from. Uh, I say this without having it in front of me, and maybe it's just simply uh, not accurate. But I, the May Melee to me was a, a product of. Okay, I've got it in front of me. Let's actually look at who their opponents were. Um, they beat the Paris Eternal, who've been kind of disappointing to me, and then got bodied by the uh, the shock. So, yeah, um, you beat Soon and Nico DPS combo with Ben Best on main tank. That's I'm not you know making any parades for right. you or anything like that um, for that result. I think the Valiant have a lot to prove. They are, however, baseline adequate mid table kind of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, something. Washington's not been able to show. Yep. Uh, so the Valiant here, three to one. Yep. Can't pick. Can't pick Washington yet. They need to earn that spot. But that's going to be. They have no head coach. They have no general manager. Yeah. They have no, they're brand new off tank. Like there's just so yeah. many things going on in Washington. None of them are conducive to an upset victory. Right. Could be wild card, but the, again, that's not something that you're picking. Uh, you're not randomly picking that um, unless you're a madman, which maybe you are. Go. But, <laughs> all the all all more power to you. I don't think you're going to be winning that bet uh, in the long run, though. Okay, that is it for the show. Death. Anything else that we wanted to cover before we go here? That's it for me. All right. Well, special thanks again to Bungie Bamboo, our executive producer level at Patreon, our executive producer level patron again over at Patreon.com/slash High Noon Podcast. Make sure. Uh, you check that out as well as discord.me slash high noon podcast, twitch.tv slash high noon podcast, twitter.com, all, you know, you, you get the gist of it. We're high noon podcast everywhere. Make sure you are following, liking, subscribing, all those things, leaving reviews everywhere that you can. It really does help uh, help us out as well. And again, discord is going to be the best place to get in touch with us, get in touch with the community and learn more and just talk about what's going on in the league. But that is going to be it. Thank you everyone for watching for death blow. I am Blevins. And remember, guys, it's Hanin. And he put on his hat. He threw the coin away that same day. It's in his past and he's not looking back. He says, finding mine now guides my way. He's not good, but he sure ain't bad. He'll make amends for the sins that he has. I'll change the world one bullet at a time till I find mine. Toronto sign sign sideshow, you cowards. Play side sign and play sideshow, you cowards. <laughs>